Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to our final build-up road to Cheltenham as we are less than 24 hours from it all kicking off. Uh, the Champion Festival is underway. You can listen to all our previous shows if you want to look back on some of the biggest races, the Champion Chase, the Champion Hurdle, the Arkle, loads of races that we covered over the course of the last three episodes, plus our big Champion preview with Paul Townend and Kevin Doyle um, that we had last Thursday night is also there available to you to watch. So lots to cover. The only thing we haven't really covered, Angus, as I bring in our Shaman of Cheltenham, Angus O'Makin. Angus, we haven't covered the Gold Cup and we've left that for good. We did cover it a little bit with Paul. We talked about album photo and the three in a row, but this is a Gold Cup special as we are literally just almost there at Chetland. Before we start on the Gold Cup, though, because there's always something, you know, this isn't exactly a racing news podcast or anything like that, but we have to talk about the fact that we were no sooner off the air with Paul on Thursday night when it was confirmed that uh, your favourite horse, the mad joke himself, Energamine, um, was first of all looked like he was out of the champion chase, then out of Cheltenham altogether, um, which is a real blow. And then you're hearing today as well that Altior will not be challenging um, uh, Shaq and Persuas in the uh, champion chase, which is a real, real pity because that's that race was built up as future superstar versus does is there life in the old dog yet? Yeah, but it's not going to happen now. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking last week. Uh, I didn't say it in the, in the podcast because, you know, I didn't want to jinx it, but we had been incredibly lucky uh, that all the big stars seemed to be, you know, looking that they were going to get to Cheltenham, and that was highly unusual. These aren't machines. These are animals at the end of the day. Things happen, and animals get injured or whatever, and they all seem to be getting there. But, of course, the last few days, you know, I mean, first of all, out of the Arkle, and then, you know, the terrible news about, well, it's not terrible, but um, sad enough news. Hopefully he gets another day in Altior, missing out in the champion chase. But hopefully that's it. Hopefully there's another few names like Annie Mack, uh, not as prolific, I suppose, um, there out at the festival as well. But still, hopefully we've got over that. From here on in, all the jockeys and all the horses are going to make it and line up. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a fantastic Christmas, as I like to call it, because this time of the year is certainly my Christmas. So... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's Christmas Eve, best day of the year. No, uh, it's uh, sorry, I meant to say obviously the article for for Green, but um, in terms of the champion chase, though, it, there's a part of me with Altior that is like it, I almost wish she called it a day after 2019, and you know didn't c- continue to go on, and you four out of four at Cheltenham, which it looks like he will, like he, he's not going again this year, so it will still be a four time festival winner, never beaten at the track. Uh, you don't know whether he'll be back next year. It's probably unlikely at this stage, but it's almost a pity when a horse kind of gets the niggly injuries and then keeps going and gets beaten a couple of times. You almost, isn't it? It'd be so much more romantic if you just was this like unbeatable legend that was taken down in his prime. It's a, it's a weird thing with all sports, really, that that's the way. Sometimes you have to kind of see the petering out. Yeah, and it's hard to know whether it's hard to see him ever coming back. Now, he is a superstar. You know, that's the nature of superstars that defy the odds. But the, the festival goes on. There's still Shaqen Persois. He'd be still hoping to make a statement or the connections would be hoping that he makes a statement. And you have Little Oak there. You have uh, Nubinegra, who I suppose Dan Skelton would probably be feeling that he was overlooked. You've put the kettle on. Um, there is the possibility there for a major 
uh, I suppose, somebody from back in the field to make a major statement because, after all, if you remember when we were speaking about the champion chase, Shaquem Courcois isn't actually proven at Cheltenham. So it's still a fascinating race. You know, Mm. nobody knows what's going to happen um, with or without Altior. Yeah, it's a race not to be missed. I thought Paul was was fairly confident about Shacken and the 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 fact that he was so seasoned it wasn't going to affect the fact that he hasn't been to Cheltenham but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, the other thing, look, I mean, making it about Paul Town and making it about Willie Mullins is an easy enough thing to do when you talk about Cheltenham. But if you look at the Gold Cup, you know, it is all about the two of them really because Album Photo is looking to do something that you know we saw last in two thousand and four when Best Mate won the three in a row. We saw it before that. It was 1966 and probably the greatest horse of all time in Arkell. It's been done four times ever, 1950s and the 1930s being the other times uh, where we've seen a horse doing three in a row. My question to you uh, as a layman, um, before we get into this race and how good Album Photo is in regards to this field, I have a real strong memory of Best Mate being, you know, this unbeatable horse that, you know, I think he was like really, really heavy odds on for his third. And Album Photo seems to be just good enough to beat the field every year rather than this dominant next generation horse. So for a horse like that to go and win three gold cups in a row, again, not that he's not spectacular, but not to be, he's not Arkel or best mate. And for a horse like that to go and win three gold cups in a row would be almost even more remarkable as a feat. Absolutely. Absolutely, and the question must be asked, are we completely overlooking Album Photo? To think yeah. that you, you you mention him in the same sentence as Best Mate and Arkel, Golden Miller and the boys. Um, and then you talk about, I have been talking about potential superstars at this year's festival, your Honeysuckles, your Shaq and Pursois, your Shiskins, your Envoy Allens, Monfish. Yeah. And we're not including Abu Photo in that discussion, despite the fact that he's going for three in a row. It's madness, really. And he's favoured for it. Uh, but I think he does, if he does go and win the three in a row, that's it. Like, there's no denying he is a special, special horse. You know, you, you win it once by fluke, fair enough. You win it twice by fluke, you can't really start ignoring that. If he wins it three times, there's no excuses that can be made. Uh, He's just a very special talent and will absolutely go down in history. He's already going down in history by winning back-to-back. You even talk about Cordo Starr. He didn't win back-to-back. Now, fair enough, he was, he was uh, facing another Injured generation of talent in Dinman, but Album Photo has already achieved what Cordo Starr didn't do. And if he did, if he, uh, and if he goes and wins the three in a row, I mean, yeah, this is a horse that deserves every bit of credit that comes his way, even if it's not coming to him just yet. Yeah, yeah, and that, that I suppose that's the question, and that's what, I think that's what we'll see this week. But like, I suppose I know you've got a, a, a an outside tip. You mentioned it last Thursday, and we'll talk about it again for this race. But there's other like horses in there, Champ, who we've mentioned a couple of times over the course of the of the weeks doing the show, and uh, plus Tard, and you know, there's a few others there as well. But what kind of a field has Album Photo got up against them here in terms of class? In my opinion, this is probably the toughest field he will face because every single horse in this field has something different in its arsenal. Uh, there's Frodon, King George, winner, will want to gallop out ahead, set the running, set the pace. Champ showed the ability last year coming from behind the RSA 
um, that showed that he can take it easy and just attack late. Uh, you go through them all. Appletard, very, very fancied. Third in the Ryanair last year, but every, every, all their connections seem very, very confident that he'll be able to stay. Santini was only beaten by a neck last year. And if he can, yeah. surely it's not that hard to find the neck, the extra neck required to get on top of Albu Foto this year. A better jump at the last and Albu Foto maybe skies it a bit or whatever. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many areas um, of expertise across the field. Um, I think if he does it this year, it will be certainly his most impressive performance because you have to beat so many different types of stars, essentially. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's certainly up against it. Yeah, you can see the odds on Ladbrokes there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching. Uh, Santini, 10 to 1, as you mentioned. Uh, just outside of that is Frodon, is 12 to 1. Uh, Champ is 4, a Plutard, 9 to 3. And Albin Photos, 5 to 2 favourite. So, probably rightly favourite. And you have to go with uh, you know, the horse who's done it and who's won two Gold Cups. And he's the class um, of the field. What is it that makes Albin Photo? Uh, like a, obviously he's already a Cheltenham legend at this stage and that he's won two Gold Cups but what like is it his jumping is it his acceleration is it his staying uh, obviously he's got up that hill uh, you know twice and in a, as you said against in a very close race against Santini last year just had enough to hold on what is it that makes him stand out I think essentially it's he's a core specialist here he just loves Cheltenham which is obvious from his last two uh wins there uh, at the festival. You take Kimboy, for example. Kimboy beat him in Punchestown after he won his first Gold Cup. Um, I think that was the last time Ruby hopped off a horse and said to Willie, find somebody for the next one. But, uh, so I think I think the main, there's probably a variety of reasons, but I think the main reason is some horses just are built for Cheltenham. And Adam Photo clearly is one. You have to remember, this isn't a three-mile chase. This is a three-mile two chests, so three miles and a quarter, and taking into consideration the hill, you may as well say it's a three and a half mile. And he just seems unfazed by by the ground. They, obviously, I think horses can always sense that this is somewhere special. They go to they go to Cheltenham on the Monday for the last um for the last or the last few days you'd have seen the horses arriving in Cheltenham and going for a spin around the 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 track. Um, so they, they would they know this is a normal. You don't do this for any random any random meeting. There's something different about this, and they'd have been hopping on the trucks and going across it. And obviously he's shown that he's completely unfazed by this when he gets out there. He when there's big crowds, he's able he's able to perform, he's able to get up the hill. He just seems to love Cheltenham. And I think it really all boils down to that. Um yeah, so yeah. Maybe, there is, maybe there is some magic formula there. He's very lightly raced as well, isn't he, Angus? Like, I mean, he uh, I was looking at it there before we spoke to Paul, and, like, I mean, he, he's won a New Year's Day in Tremor both the last two years, and he's won the Gold and he, and he's won the uh, and last year won the Gold Cup, and they're his last four races, you know. Um, I think he had the Punchestown one after the first Gold Cup, and that's it. You know, so three times at Tremor, three times at Cheltenham, once at Punchestown in the last three years, you know this horse is. You know he's a, he's a he's a um, a specimen that uh, is being well protected and uh, just geared up. Willie Mullins' training job 
is you know really comes to the fore here because this is a horse that's been geared up for one race every single year and nothing else well i'm not sure was it by design or not the first year of just going to tremor and then straight to cheltenham but after it worked the first year william mullins is of the opinion that well if it works why why fix something that's not broke um so they kept that they kept at it and it worked again last year and obviously they went for game for it this year if it worked twice why not you'd be mad to change it up again a third time so yeah i think again i'm not sure it certainly was by design the last this season and last season but i'm not sure about the first season but if it works it works and i'm sure we would all be saying what's what's he doing if he did it anyways different and by all accounts i'm not sure was he very happy with his tremor run this year mm. i don't think uh they were happy initially, but I think after going back and reviewing the footage, they were fairly happy. So he looks in good order. Listening to any whispers and listening to Paul last Thursday night, um, Paul Townend, he looks to be in good form. And as you said, he's still the one to beat, no matter what what other um, achievements the rest of the field have. He's there at the top of the market. And when you're coming around that final bend, he's certainly the one, if you're on an, 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 another horse, that you will have to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I can't look. I'm, I'm Alvin Photo alone. If he's run this race on his own against the clock, I think I'd be hooked at this stage. I'm, I'm sold on that horse as the storyline of Cheltenham, and I do feel that for all of our conversations about some of the other great horses and you know Honeysuckle on Tuesday and whoever else over the course of the week and Shakun and so on and so forth, I do feel like this is. If Albin Photo goes and wins the three in a row, that's what 2021 Cheltenham is going to be remembered for. But if he doesn't, um, Angus, who's going to beat him? I know you're looking at definitely an each-way pick anyway, but do you fancy anybody else to win the race? Or do you, would, do you like? would you back against um, Albin Photo at the moment? Uh, yeah, I'm not in the Albin Photo camp, no. I had a feeling. <laughs> I just want the storyline, man. I don't care about the well, on that, on that, Mick, though, like, there's so many storylines here. Yeah. There's a multitude of storylines. You have Champ, the second favourite there, that is a favourite of J.P. McManus, of all the horses he owns. This is this this is this, uh, the apple of his eye, named after A.P. McCoy. And there was some great footage of A.P.'s son, uh, young son, cheering him on last year at the RSA when he won the yeah. RSA. That's a great story. At Plutard, uh, Rachel Blackmore would be the first female to win the race, female jockey to win the race. Uh, you have Frodon, uh, another female jockey. It'd be great to see a female jockey win the race in Byrony Frost. Uh, also, Frodon would be going for the King George uh, Gold Cup double. And as well as that, they're an emotional pairing. And I'm saying that in the best sense, that there'll be plenty of tears because they've, they've such a great connection. It's great for the sport to see the way... Uh, uh, Byrony Frost gets emotional on on the, on Frodon after any big race she wins. For example, last on St Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, as they say in the UK, when they won the King George, same was evident then the year before last in the Ryanair. Uh, the one I really like though is Nature River. I think it's the horse that has been completely overlooked, more so than Adam Photo. This is the last horse to win the Gold Cup. Remember, uh, before Adam Photo, and especially. If the rain comes so the last few days um or last night the rain did come and it softened up a bit with last few weeks been hearing that it'd be good to soft at Cheltenham but now the rain is was unexpected but it did arrive it's going to be softer than it was expected if that holds up uh and it continues and more rain comes before Friday this is be playing right into Native River's hands 
loves it was heavy ground uh, when he won in 2018 and what happened was he just goes off ahead says the rest of you try and follow me see how you get on i love this ground i love this track staying is no issue he loves bottomless ground and i think if there is bottomless ground and there is a cushion the ground and it's softer than soft which may well happen uh uh considering recent developments i think this 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 race is over yeah. uh, I, I genuinely think that Frodo might might try and uh, stick stick with him, and Frodo is a front running horse too. But I think Native River is a complete uh, for front running, especially in heavy ground. He's a different animal. Um, yeah, I just and I think it'll be a great story. Eleven year olds don't have a great record in the race at all. I think he'd be the oldest horse since was it nineteen sixty nine or nineteen fifty nine. I was writing the piece there for the website during the week what a myth was the last horse so like you'd be breaking a half century record but it'd be a great story as well because colin tizzard his trainer he lost his daughter there last may uh following that obviously heartbreak around the yard and then a huge dip in form since uh but if they can bounce back uh, after that heartbreak and after he announced that he's retiring at the end of this season and handing the keys over of the yard over to joe his son um It'd be great to see the two legends of the game going off into the sunset together and Colin Tizzard and Nathan River. I think that'd be a great storyline. And I think I would not be opposing Nathan River, whatever the price. Uh, it doesn't really matter, really. I, I, I don't really look at the prices as much when there's such great narratives. Uh, but I, I'd be in that Nathan River camp all day long. And even if it wasn't heavy ground, I think he's a hugely consistent horse. He always hits the frame, even when... Um, the the ground doesn't come up in his favour, and if you want to flutter, um, mm. you can see he's certainly good each way value, and I can see him not uh, finishing the race out of the money. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I, so you're I, talking oh, as a as a real each way tip, but if the ground does get heavy, you can start really thinking about him win the race. Absolutely, yeah, he'd be your tip to win the race. Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think yeah. it'd be a really tough ask if it didn't. Uh, didn't turn up softer than soft but if you think it does i just can't see how any other horse in the field will be able to be able to get past him he's just he's a bit of a machine okay well he's 11 to 1 and there's nothing like i suppose as you said it'll be a great story of colin tizard and it's also just nothing like the kind of the old uh legend of the track kind of coming back for one more hurrah um god i i'm imagining all these things when you say them and all of them is like you know the lunatic crowd of the winning post and people cheering around the parade ring and all it's it, it is we've all watched racing and god only knows how much other sport over the last year where we're, we are used to seeing it now without the crowds but there's something about chapman that's just it hasn't got into my head yet that it's going to be different it's going to not have all these things no it is going to be very very weird and i know we'll probably touch a little bit later on the supreme and i think that's yeah, the exactly. most unusual feeling because it's almost the highlight. If you're to pick one second or a few seconds out of the festival, of the highlights every year, it's that supreme start where the roar goes up. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really special. I don't know. I, I'm sure the, the broadcasters are going to try a few different things to kind of make it special still. I mean, there'll probably be uh, certain features with people that have missed the festival and there'll probably be more interaction with social media or whatever, but... Either way, it's going to be strange, but that doesn't mean it can't be special. And I think 
it will be very, very special. At the end of the day, the jockeys win big races and connections win big races. That's what matters. That's what yeah. goes down in the history books. That's who we see the close-ups of in the ring and they'll all still be there. So, yeah, you mentioned the Supreme Novices there. That's the one I want to do um, quickly here. I know there's a few novice hurdle races that, like, you know, we were talking about similar horses all the way through the week and you can touch on them. That's uh, the Albert Bartlett and the Ballymore as well. But the Supreme Novices is the one that everybody loves because that gets things going. Uh, one o'clock, uh, what's it, 20 past one tomorrow? Uh, Tuesday, um, it could even be Tuesday when you're listening to this and we could just be a few weeks away and or a few hours away. What do we start with here on our thing? Because it looks like appreciated. Um, Willie Mullins, Paul Townend, the usual connection, um, is favourite 11 to 10, I think, on Ladbrokes uh, to start things off for us this week. Um, do you reckon that uh, that'll, that Willie will start as he means to continue? Yeah, everybody's looking at appreciated, probably the deserving favourite, unbeaten this season. Uh, lost to Fernie Hollow at the 2020 Channel Festival in the bumper, but that's not a stick to be beaten in with. Uh, Fernie Hollow has proved that probably another generational talent uh, that form st- has stood up really, really well. Um, but I think there's one thing to consider here is that favourites don't actually have a very, very good record in this race. The last favourite we had winning this race was Duvan in 2015. And there is other competition. There is. I do like the look of Metier. I think it's Metier, Metier, Metier. The Harry Fry horse, uh, three over three over hurdles this year. Last time out won the Talworth hurdle and won it by 12 lengths. That's that's a great one. That's that's yeah. huge. If this was a, uh, if this was at another stable and Nicky Henderson or Paul Nichols, uh, there'd be a lot more talk about the appreciated Metier rivalry or battle. But because it's Harry Fry, as is always the case, you know, it's part and parcel. But I, I, I really like the look of him, and especially if the ground, as it appears to be at the moment, uh, would be turning up a little on the soft side. He's been only racing on soft and heavy. Uh, I don't think, I'm not saying that the quicker ground wouldn't suit him. I don't think we have any proof or evidence to suggest, because I don't think he suggested it would, because I don't think he's actually raced on a quicker ground. But certain, that won't be an issue, I don't think, at the moment. Um, you have Bally Adam there. Uh, appreciated seems to have the better. Uh, Bally Adam is certainly in the last uh, the Dublin Racing Festival and at uh, Christmas. He won the Royal Bond, and I think Keith O'Donoghue, who would ride him out a good bit at Gordon Elliott's stable, had said that, I think he quoted as saying, he's faster than Envoy Allen, which is, that's, that's pretty impressive, and it makes you stand up and take note. But still on form, he's a bit defined with appreciation. And Soaring Glory is another um, another horse that is um, John Joe O'Neill horse and seems to be very well fancied. A lot of people are backing him um, off the one run that he had the last day uh, beat, uh, winning the Betfair hurdle. But um, having listened to, to the trainer, he said he was fairly, to quote, lukewarm on his chances. So... Um, I'm not, yeah, I did think there was probably people getting carried away too much with la- the last day's win, as, as impressive as it was. Um, but I think it's between the top two, and I would be see, t- t- tending to lean towards Metier to kind of upset the apple cart, and people maybe saying afterwards, well, how, how come we haven't been giving this horse more attention? How come it was mm. all appreciated show? Yeah, so I think it would be between the top two. wouldn't surprise me to see appreciated win, obviously. Uh, being favourite is favourite, but 
but favourites not having a great run in the race and then being novices and everything that that brings, I think I'm going to side with Metier. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask briefly about like when different storylines that we should be watching out for over the course of the week? Do you remember a couple? Was it Paul Nichols a couple of weeks ago who had, or a couple of years ago? Who kind of like whose horses were out of form and weren't really being considered too well, and then all of a sudden won a couple of races on the Tuesday, and we were like, "Oh, hold on a second, and it completely changed everything we were looking at with his horses. I could be remembering that wrong, but it's definitely happened. I remember definitely with an English trainer, it might have been even Nicky Henderson. Um, say it could work the opposite way as well. Uh, I know um, if if Appreciate it doesn't win, Energamine is out. When would people start talking about? Willie Mullins and looking ahead to hmm, Shaq and Persuas tomorrow, uh, you know, am I going to start thinking twice about my bet there? Was it uh, two or three years ago Willie went through the Tuesday, no wins, went through the Wednesday? Won every race on the Thursday or something. I think, yeah, the four time around the Thursday. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, th- I think maybe Gordon Elliott just about pipped him, I think, maybe to the trainer's mm, trainer. But he almost got it, yeah. Oh, he, he yeah. really pushed him to so. If Willie's going in late on Thursday without a winner, I still would not be back in Willie not to leave Cheltenham without a winner. I think that's a yeah, you can never bet against him. See what he's done at Punchestown the last the last for for a number of years, certainly a few years back, where Gordon Elliott had the trainer's title all wrapped up. Uh, There's no way Willie could catch him in prize money, and he just obliterated every race at Punchestown. Willie is um, Willie. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Willie is Willie, like he's, yeah. he's a once in a generation. No issues in that yard. again, but Chingy, when he is a once in a generation, he's the, the the most successful trainer in Cheltenham history. So that speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, yeah, is there, look, we're we're nearly there, Angus. I mean, uh, like we could, the Arkle probably isn't what it was, but you've mentioned the Supreme, and uh, you know that's tomorrow. We've we'll have the Ultimate as well. And then leading into the champion hurdle, which I, I still think is possibly an under-discussed race this year. The champion hurdle is going to be class. And if it is Honey Suckle, I think it'll be a great moment as well to watch um to watch Rachel Blackmore win the uh w- win the champion hurdle. But um, what's your kind of um what's your overwhelming or sort of uh initial sort of feeling as we go into uh, actual race day after all our four or five weeks of build up here? I just, I just can't wait for it to start. I want to sit back, um, just sit back and just bathe, bathe in it, really, because for so long we were questioning whether it would actually happen. And looking back in hindsight now, wouldn't it have been so ter- such a terrible thing to have missed out on all these battles and all these great races? And we always knew it would be terrible to miss out, but knowing everything we know now, Jesus, it would have been horrendous if we didn't get the chance. But thankfully, we are going to get the chance. Um just another few probably races that are probably worth touching on. Uh, like we did speak about the Supreme novices, and that's obviously two mile or two mile for novices. Then you have the two and a half mile for novice hurdlers, which is the Ballymore, and the three mile, uh, which is the Albert Bartlett. Uh, two and a half mile Ballymore was won by um, last year by Envoy Allen, and the three mile was won by Monkfish, who have obviously gone on to become go to new levels again, but. I've just picked out two horses here because, like the Supreme, it's hard to dig deep into it, and especially with the horse being fairly young still. But two horses I like, uh, certainly in the Valley Moor, a lot of people will consider him Banker of the Week. Very, very fancied. I've noticed that a lot of um, 
Irish jockeys and trainers and people well connected with different stables seem to really like this horse. Uh, being in, into favouritism now, and that's uh, Bob Ollinger. Bob Ollinger, yeah. And uh, if the soft ground does appear, loves soft ground. Uh, it's the only ground he's raced on, I think. Uh, won a Grenace group, won handily, won by 14 lins in December. Only loss similar to appreciate it was Fernie Hollow. That's no stick to beat him with. So I think that's a horse to watch out for as well. Mm-hmm. Probably not being spoken about in the same regard as some other uh, stars at the festival. But as I said, I think I think I remember one of the bookies saying that uh, this is their greatest liability, which that says something considering the amount of the amount yeah. of um, big odds on favourites we have. And also in the Albert Bartlett, this is a this is a funny race. I find that uh, it's a they're all they're all five six year olds. They're still babies, really, mm. and they go on a mad gallop. There's a lot of jostling. It's a busy field, uh, so there's a few tips I've picked out to try and help find uh, who the possible winners. So first of all, you're looking for a six or seven year old. You're looking for somebody, a horse that's competed in a graded race at least, if not placed. Uh, familiar with big fields, so they have to um, be, be in, in a field where there's a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of pushing and a bit of bullying going on. And so you're looking tin in a field or more. If you see a horse that's coming into the race that has only really raced in fields of four, five, six, which is often the case with novice hurdlers, I usually try to avoid them. And also the distance, huge, getting the three miles plus that you need at Cheltenham. And I also like to, because it has such a reputation of um, providing long, long odds winners, um, I, I also like to try and pick uh, an outside shout. So with that, I'd actually fancied a horse, I think it was 40 to 1, Sandy Mount, Sandy Mount Rose. Seemed to take a lot of boxes for me, but as expected, that, that horse is going to, I think is out. Uh, one of the handicaps now but uh the horse i like probably short enough for my liking now not that i would be having a flutter or anything i just like the i like the idea of uh finding a horse and predicting a horse that that wasn't fancied by anybody else yeah yeah, yeah. uh philippe uh probably around eight to one now anna philippe anna philippe ticks a lot of those boxes i mentioned and obviously there are there are exceptions a lot of exceptions but by and large I like to stick to that criteria and usually usually works out that way. Okay, there you go. There's a couple of extra tips for you. Angus will have his tips on uh, Balzali as part of our tipster table, which will be going out every morning. You can check that out on site um, over the course of the festival every morning. We'll have uh, we'll collect up all the tips that are across all the Irish and English papers um, and websites and everything else, including Angus for Balls. And we'll get them out uh, to you early and you can make up your own mind on what's happening. The famous, the world famous uh, Balls of the uh, Champion Tipster Table. Thanks a million to Angus for everything over the last few weeks. And also thanks a million to Ladbrooks, uh, who've been our sponsor of um, all of our racing, as well as uh, lots of other things as well. Um, in, uh, on the build-up, uh, we speak to Kevin Doyle and to Stephen Ferris every week. We will be back with Stephen Ferris later in this week to look ahead to Ireland and England, of course. Also, Lad- 
Ladbrokes have uh, a five euro um, free bet for Cheltenham in your account for uh, you, for existing customers and new customers as well. Um, that came in yesterday. I think that that's how that's something to enjoy with the festival. Of course, uh, with anything, Angus's tips, anything else, if you are having a bet on Cheltenham on the racing, please always gamble responsibly and visit dunlouis.net for more information. I hope you enjoyed the build up road to Cheltenham. I certainly feel a lot more informed after the last few weeks, and I am only dying for the first race to spring obviously hurdle tomorrow. Enjoy chat. Talk to you soon. <laughs>